0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dan Bongino Show. After the longest day yeah. ever in the history of the... I'm just kidding. A lot of you work very hard for you. dirt under the fingernails. You local three people out there, carpenters, steam fitters, tin knockers... All you, 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 grave diggers. I was like worked in a cemetery once. It was like even a grave digger show. You guys work hard. But yesterday, not a sob story. It was a long day. I got some sleep. I'm up raring to go. Got up in the morning, knocked out the show, got in a car, got to the airport, got to the five, finished the five, sprinted back to the airport, JFK, got back home at like what? One 30. Interesting night after that. Uh. Woke up this morning. <laughs> Woke up this morning, <laughs> woke up this morning, got the show together. Producer Joe, we cannot introduce the show, of course, hey. without ask, out asking you. How are you today, uh, my friend? I like the Ramones. I want to be sedated after all of that. Jeez, we. Yes, I know. Yeah? I thought about it this morning. Holy moly! I'm actually pretty feisty this morning. I'm feeling hey, okay. You I are. got some. I did a lot of the show last night. Feisty. Some new stuff creeped up this morning, but I got a lot of it prepared. Yeah. Rare to go. I hope you enjoyed the five yesterday. Hey, we got you did interrupted a, a little yeah. bit. Good job. Thank yeah. you, sir. I appreciate nice that. Nice work. By the press conference, which I'll address today. Uh, by the the squad, which was an oh. epic disaster of mammoth proportions. All right. Let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at 23andMe. We live in a world where we have access to data that gives us more personal insights into who we are. What's more personalized than your DNA? Now we can turn to our genetics for personal health traits and more. 23andMe allows you to go beyond ancestry to access more personalized insights about you based on your DNA. With more than 125 genetic reports. I get them. I did it. And I get them emails when a new one comes out. I just found out something interesting that I prefer vanilla. Ice cream over chocolate, which is correct, by the way. Receiving your personalized genetic reports is just the beginning. You can take the next step by talking to your healthcare provider or considering lifestyle changes like adjusting your sleep habits or caffeine consumption. You want the deep sleep report? If you've always suspected you feel more sleepy than others, kind of like me, after missing out on a night's sleep, you might not be imagining things. Your genes may be involved. What about the alcohol flush reaction report? Does alcohol turn to your cheeks as pink as a glass of rosé? You may have alcohol flush reaction. Learn about genetic factors that make it hard for some people to process alcohol. You get tons of these reports. They're really cool. Hmm. See what your genes say about your health traits and more. Buy your Ancestry and Health Service Kit today at 23andMe.com Bongino. That's the number 23andme.com slash Bongino. Again, that's 23andme.com slash Bongino. 23andme.com slash Bongino. Go check it out today. All right, Joe, let's go. Nice. Getting a little better. Okay. As I have repeatedly stated to you on the show, the left and their love affair with calling everybody a racist, uh, xenopho- xenophobe, misogynist, you don't like dogs, kittens, yeah, lizards, whatever, uh their love affair with identity politics, what we call the istophobic phobophobes, they will call you anything ending in an "phobe." racist, misogynist, transphobe, xenophobe, Islamophobe, that's your thing. I have warned you again repeatedly that this effort will eventually implode and collapse on itself. I, I don't say it in any kind of a celebratory way. No. I'm just telling you it because it's a tactical fact. Right. You know, Joe, I'm, I'm not saying it like, oh, this is so great. Because The reason it's not great is because while it collapses on itself, we will all have to deal with these lunatics on the left calling us all racist, xenophobes and everything else right. Um, like they do and like they did with Trump uh, yesterday. Um. This is going to go on for a long time, but I promise you it will collapse. More evidence of what I'm telling you that the left cannot detach from this. And the reason they cannot detach from bogus charges of racism, misogyny, xenophobia, and and, uh, and otherwise, and uh, these other labels they put on you, the reason they can't detach themselves from it, ladies and gentlemen, is because it works. Mm. It's a gross label, a disgusting label. Nobody wants to be called. Nobody wants to be called a racist. And the media will cover for these disingenuous charges of racism when leftists hurl them at conservatives because the media are full-time activists. They're not real journalists. They never were. Um, none of them. They don't do journal. Well, not none. There are some decent. Let me. Let me. I want to be more precise. I don't want to be like a stereotypical idiot like they do with us. There are some decent journalists out there who will call this stuff out. Uh, sadly, there are very few to be precise because precision does matter. But largely, the activists posing as journalists in the media community will cover for the left because they just hate conservatives, folks. It is no more complicated than that. Identity politics charges and bogus charges of racism, ter- uh, you know, thrown at conservatives. Works because the media will advance the charge and ruin people's careers and ruin their lives, which the media wants to do because they enjoy it, because they just don't like you. It's as simple as that. Now, I've argued repeatedly on the show that this effort will inevitably implode upon the left because the left will find it too tempting when power is up for grabs to not use the very same charges against themselves. Ladies and gentlemen, my predictions have absolutely come true. We have seen Kamala Harris attack Joe Biden during the presidential debate, Joe implying at least he's a racist. And she did it, Joe, in the most unclever way possible. You know, Mr. Vice President, (laughs) I'm not exactly saying you're a racist, but you oppose busing. You're a racist. That's what she's really saying. Okay, let's get over that. That's it. We had Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Joe, who had a uh, police shooting incident in South Bend where he's the mayor. Implications, again, that he's a racist because he handled it poorly. Folks, when power is up for grabs in a Democrat primary, all Democrats fighting for power, the presidential nomination, which is power. Make no mistake. means power. It means money. It means donations. It means influence. It means the social media following a cable news contract. Later, if you lose, there's big money in this. The temptation to use charges of racism to destroy your opponent is too great it is a tactical weapon it is a a devastating all i, I mean nihilistic weapon and i told you they yeah. would would implode now we've seen that folks it's happening now in hollywood too where this endless search for new outrage campaigns and new people to accuse of racism, transophobia, uh, tr- what is it? Trans, I don't even, I, there's so nah, many phobias, anistophobias, anistophobic phobophobic like phobias. Yeah. I'm losing track. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I'm losing track of all the labels though. Even in Hollywood, there is now a temptation to search for new outrage campaigns. You'll see this story in the Wall Street Journal today. It's worth your time. Identity politics and The Little Mermaid. Yes. Come on. The Little Mermaid. Even Ariel no. has been subjected oh. to when I... Yes. Oh, yes. no, not Ariel. What's the song from The Little Mermaid, oh. Paula? Do you remember? My daughter used to love that movie, Oh, love The Little Mermaid. There's a song in it, and she goes for The Princess. I've watched that movie a thousand times. I can't even remember the song. The Little Mermaid has been subjected to an identity politics campaign. Ladies and gentlemen, Hollywood is eating itself alive. Now me. under the sea. Oh. Yes, that's right. Under the sea. Yeah, the, ugh, Paula to the rescue. Again. Saved me last night too. <laughs> um <laughs> 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 ding. This show's crazy. Out of control. I need a ding um, for the wink, man. <laughs> you do right we need yeah. like a special <laughs> day right? a so what the power dynamics though i want to be clear on this because again a comment on a story is one thing but i need to give you some color to it and understand what's going on the power dynamics in politics are different i just explained to you why the left is eating itself alive with right. identity politics charges in other words democrat versus democrat you're a racist you're a racist uh-huh. you're a transphobic racist uh-huh. you're a homophobic, transphobic, Islamophobic race. <gasps> I can't come back from that fatal. <sighs> you know, it's over, right? That's because they want power. Kamala Harris wants to be the president of the United States. She needs to take out Joe Biden and do it. Charging people with racism works, period, period, full stop. Okay. That is not the dynamic in Hollywood. Hollywood, nobody is vying for the presidency. Well, not yet, at least. The reason people in Hollywood, and I'll explain, I I didn't forget the Little Mermaid, so I'll get to it in a second, but I want to set up the different power dynamic. What's going on in Hollywood is there is a social cachet, a value, a prestige, it's a fake prestige, but Joe, a chest puffery prestige in being woke. What the liberals uh, call uh, being yeah. woke, yeah, yeah. in other words, being a social justice warrior who's aware of the sensitivities, um, who understands the plight of victimized people around the world. So there's a, there's a there's a hierarchy in wokeness, and you th- th- there's Yo. a constant effort to leapfrog. There's like where Joe, whereas yeah. where's Kamala Harris, it wants political power, right? The people in Hollywood want social power, yes. and there is no greater social power in liberal Hollywood than being the most woke, sensitive social justice warrior around. Now, to virtue signal to others in Hollywood, you're woke, and you get it, and you're sensitive to this, and you see all this victimization everywhere, and you're a warrior for the cause, you constantly have to seek out outrage campaigns and fight against them. What's the problem, Joe? They're hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, what I'm saying is not that racism, xenophobia, transphobia, Islamophobia doesn't exist. It does. There are people who don't like people, bizarrely, for all kinds of reasons unrelated to their character. Abhorrent nonetheless, but it exists. But in the United States of today, these these examples, thankfully, because we're a good people here are very rare, as Britt Hume said yesterday on Brett Baer's show. Racism, institutional de facto and de jure, open racism, has been relegated to the most radical pockets of society that are not accepted in polite conversation anymore. I mean, think about it, folks. Mm -hmm. 50 years ago, 60 years ago, in some pockets of places, you could go into a board meeting and probably say something openly racist and you may not be fired for it. Now, forget it. We have entirely evolved as a society overall to relegate. You get what I'm saying, Joe? you relegate that oh, to the yeah. insane pockets? Where if you said that in a board meeting, you're out. You're yeah. done. You're finished. Goodbye. See you later. We're, we don't deal with idiots like that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. The problem with finding these outrage campaigns is they're hard. So you can't signal your wokeness and how how much of a social justice warrior you are because it's hard to find these cases. So they have to go hunt them down, which requires in this search for social power and wokeness for them to eat each other alive. What happened with The Little Mermaid? So there's an actress named Halle Bailey, not Halle Berry, Halle Bailey, who's apparently a very talented young performer who happens to be black who tried out for the role of a live-action Little Mermaid. You know, it was a cartoon. It's going to be like they did with The Lion King and Aladdin. They're doing, yeah, you know what I'm saying. There's a live-action. She tried out, and due to her, her talents, apparently got the part. So some people didn't like it and said, well, you know, she's black, and the Little Mermaid is white with red hair. And the left erupted. Oh, my gosh, that's racist. Well, you guys can't say that. She's a black actress trying to play the Little Mermaid. Now, as the Wall Street Journal piece points out, that's awfully ironic because the left made the exact opposite argument about actress Scarlett Johansson playing a trans person in a movie called Rub and Tug, which she had to pull out of. Follow me here. It's a little nope. complicated, right. but it it is it, it is the perfect example about how Hollywood can't even, they don't even understand what their own rules are. So in the Scarlett Johansson case, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson, Is a woman. She's playing a, I think it's a trans woman in a movie called Rub and Tug. It's a family-friendly show. We'll leave the description out there, right? Yeah. She's forced to pull out of the movie. No pun intended there. She's forced to pull out of the movie (laughs) because Hollywood says you're not a trans person. Okay. So you should not play a trans woman or man in the movie. What? Well, she's an actor. It's called acting. She's acting. Yeah. Joe, that's what acting. That's, Joe, yeah. Now, Joe was not an actor. Joe was a performer at one point, though. But yeah, yeah. she's acting. Yes. That's your job. Yes. So the Holly, let me just get this straight, Joe, right? I'm trying to digest this I whole thing. right, So the MO here, I know, dealing with your <laughs> principles because I don't Dude. have it, he's confusing. But, so your principle now is when you're an actor, hmm. you cannot play a part that does not fit exactly how you identify or who you are I don't is that the rule so Scarlett Johansson is not trans so she can't play a trans man in this movie that's your principle And they only did it, why, Joe? Because the people in Hollywood that turned this outrage campaign on Scarlett Johansson, they didn't really mean it. They they wanted to signal to the public, we are woke. Look how woke we are. We are sensitive to the needs of the trans community. We have social power. Right, yeah, right. You cannot play someone you don't fit exactly the mold of. But then when it comes... To a black actress, who, by the way, earns the part. Sure. Who's playing a white cartoon character. And then some other people said, well, the character's white with red hair. The left went crazy. No, no, no. She should be able to play whoever she wants. She's an actor. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, an actor. (laughs) Even the Journal, by (laughs) the way, which is a pretty moderate mainstream outlet. The Journal's like, I don't get it. Like, what are the rules? Do do white actresses have to pay white actress white parts and black actresses black? I ladies and gentlemen, I don't care who plays what. I don't care. I don't get into this. Who is James Bond going to be black or white or Hispanic? If you're a good actor rock and roll, bud. Bet, I don't man. care. It doesn't matter. I always thought that talk of Idris Elba being James Bond was pretty cool. I'm not virtue signaling. Oh, you're doing it. I don't care. He's a good actor and he looks pretty tough on screen. Don't care. It's the left that cares. But ironically, when the left's own rules, you have to be exactly the role, are applied to this new thing, the left goes crazy that people don't like it. There is no consistency because it's a signal system of wokeness. Now, what's really going on here? Now, Joe, as the ombudsman, did that make sense, the story? That
1: made perfect sense. The left
0: Dan. is upset yes. that some people are complaining that a black actress is playing yes. a white cartoon character. At their because their that. Yes. yes, but then they're also complaining that Scarlett Johansson's not trans, is playing a trans part. And she has again. to pull out. That's right. The rules are different. Here's the reason, Joe. They're, they don't mean any of this. It's all disingenuous. In the scale of virtue signaling and wokeness, you have to signal your social power. It seems to them, if they complain about the complaints about the Little Mermaid role, that they're being sensitive to the black community. Uh, uh. <laughs> I know it's hard to figure out, folks, but I'm telling you, it is the, the takeaway from this story Yeah. And it's gonna play into the the squad's press. I got footage on don't go anywhere. I've got some unbelievable video from that. I'm gonna get into that too. Is this is what happens Mm -hmm. when you engage and marry yourself. This is the takeaway to identity politics as your only political weapon. It is only a matter of time before virtue signaling and power hungry politicians, Hollywood elitists and others use that same tool against other people to gain either social or political power. Even when the rules are completely inconsistent, you must Mm -hmm. play exactly the part. Someone complains. She's not playing exactly the part. That's racist. That's racist. That I thought you just said you had to play the part exactly. That is racist. Now, <laughs> you don't believe me that this is gonna this is gonna entirely implode into a. Remember, Joe? Did you ever watch the WWE growing up? Was the WWF back then? Yeah, I did. Remember, like the. I forget what they call those matches where they every everyone would go in the ring like a Royal Rumble and yeah. the last guy standing there'd be like 40 guys in the ring and and the Ham and eggers would get thrown out first like you know remember like Iron Mike Sharp he used to uh, Iron Mike used to get beat up by everybody Iron Mike <laughs> Sharp be the first guy thrown out and then the last guy would be like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant or yeah. something yeah. Hey, this is what the- you have to understand that this love affair with the left and identity politics, this is a royal rumble where sooner or later everybody's going to get thrown out of the ring. Everybody. There will be nobody left standing. Nobody. Because it will—it it is cannibalistic by nature. They will start, just like the royal rumble, accusing everybody and anybody at any time of being a racist because they have fallen in love with the tactic. You, know? you doubt me. Listen to this <laughs> 10 second clip of some knucklehead uh, on MSNBC uh, making now a universal declaration about every Trump supporter in the world. You're all racist now. If you're supporting Trump, you are a racist at this point. I'm not afraid to say it and no one should be. <laughs> Dude. Vegas, ten, Vegas, 10 old. By the way, who named this guy Vegas, 10 old? <laughs> Vegas, Vegas Tenold, you have no moral authority whatsoever, Vegas Tenold, to be calling people around the country racist. None. You haven't met them. You don't know them. You don't know the reasons they vote for Trump or don't vote for Trump. You have no idea. You're an idiot, Vegas Tenold. And you saying that is disgusting and gross. But that's what liberal idiots do. They engage in gross, stereotypical rhetoric like this. Meanwhile, we have a woman, Ilhan Omar, AOC and others, mm-hmm. who engaged in one of the most vile attacks I've seen in my lifetime in that epic fail of a press conference yesterday. It happened while I was on the air on The Five. And I'm sure Vegas Tennell said nothing about that. If he has Vegas, send me an email. I'll happily put it on the show. You can issue a statement condemning Ilhan Omar for her, by the way, statements that require no interpretation, openly anti-Semitic attacks on Jewish people, openly. Not even hiding it. I'll wait for your statement on that. Of course you won't issue it. You're all racist now, folks. Yeah. This tactic, by the way, Joe, remember worked so well in the Hillary campaign? Yeah. Yeah. Remember Mm. that one? You're all deplorable. Oh, yeah. yeah. The left never learns because they can't. Let me tie this up now. Just bring it back to the beginning. They can't. And they can't get away from these racist charges of racism and xenophobia, these identity politics attacks. They can't because they have no self-control and because it works. But ladies and gentlemen, it is a long-term disaster. You might throw Iron Mike Sharp out of the ring, but eventually you're getting thrown out of the ring too. It's only a matter of time. We're witnessing it now. Okay, I've got some really, really great video of, uh, and by great, I mean awful, of this epic fail of a press conference yesterday by the squad uh, showing how they just completely lied and their utter refusal to condemn a terror attack basically on American soil, which is just hard to believe. All they had to do was do it. So uh, stay tuned for that. All right, today's show also brought to you by Buddy's at. Harry's ah! Harry's razors this is my Harry's razor it's got the guard on this thing is great you know why Harry's razors are great best for the money blades out there super close shave priced effectively there's no like space heads on it Uh, gyrating flexi balls <laughs> flux capacitors there's no time machine in there you know what it is it's the best darn razor for the price to shave your face I have to do TV now and at night. So I only have to shave once with Harry's razors with those cheapo razors and the flexi balls. I had to shave twice. This is my razor right there. Look at that. Beautifully designed. Look at that. Look at that. Listen. Harry's razors. A lot of these guys, you buy disposable razors when they travel, but this summer, you don't have to sacrifice quality for price. It's important. Harry's delivers high-quality, travel-friendly shave supplies at a great pl- price, just $2 per blade. Joy, did 10 million who've tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash Bongino. I'm telling you right now, you will not get a closer, finer, more nick-free shave. You don't want to be slicing up your face here than with these Harry's clean, sharp razors, and they last forever. This one-blade is probably, you could probably get like, for me, I don't know. And I have really thick facial hair. I get like three, four weeks. Of, I'm not saying t- you do it on your own schedule, but they are, the, these are the highest quality blades around. Check them out, but you replace them off in Harry's, 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 the best blades out there. Harry's founders were two regular guys that got tired of rip, they're getting ripped off by all these high tech nonsense things in the blades that just, uh, they're just upcharge scams, right? Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. They're not going to upcharge you for a bunch of garbage you don't need. To keep prices low, they cut out the middleman. They own a world-class blade factory in Germany. making some of the best razor blades in the world for 99 years. Now they can provide great quality at factory direct prices. 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. You will love it. Finest razor out there. My family loves Harry's. Refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip. Five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave. Rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great. And a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of my show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com Bongino. harrys.com Bongino. Redeem your offer. Let them know I sent you to help support the show. We really appreciate it. All right. Moving on, so yesterday the squad had a presser, and uh, let me just discuss first, but the squad, some of the things they said that are outrageous. I don't want to play the whole thing because it's uh, it, there were moments of it that were just bizarre. Yeah, but Ayanna Presley, who is a congresswoman uh, and probably the least known member of the squad from Massachusetts, just based on name ID, Ayanna Presley opened up by talking about how powerful these four uh Democrat Congresswoman are saying the squad is powerful and it's large. Well, there's some polling out there that seems to indicate quite the opposite, ladies and gentlemen. Uh Bongino.com in the show notes today, please read it. Ouch, internal dem poll reveals AOC Omar wildly unpopular. Ladies and gentlemen, the squad, which is uh, for some reason decided they're going to attack Donald Trump with bizarre uh, racism charges. Listen, whether you like the tweets or don't like the tweets, I'll bet the president going back would have worded it differently. I would no one. I guess I said yesterday on the five. No one wants to be called the racist folks. OK, I, you know, I don't buy into all these charges of 4D chess all the time. No one wants to be called the racist. Having said that, the president is categorically not a racist. That is an absurd comment. I've met the president. It's just stupid. Uh, but the media feeds off it. But AOC and Ayanna Pressley, uh, Ilhan Omar and Rashid Talib indicated they have some kind of political power. They may have some messaging power on Twitter. But remember, they put forth the Green New Deal. How many votes did they get? Uh, they got zero. Yes, zero. As in the absence of value, as in one minus one. They got zero votes. In the, that's some power, Joe. Let, zero? To Put that in, in comparison. <laughs> My bill, the Dan Bongino bill, to make the Dan Bongino show mm-hmm. the official podcast of the conservative movement, That bill got as many votes as (laughs) Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal. Yeah, I'm not kidding. You may be saying there was a bill. No, it got no votes. There was no bill. But it got the same amount as the actual bill, which was the Green New Deal, which is zero. The Dan Bongino Show, as the official podcast of the conservative movement, got the same amount of votes as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal, which is zero. That's some power there. Their effort to stop the yes stop I said that right yeah. stop funding of the border crisis and get these kids uh, and and these facilities at the border up to snuff they tried to stop that because that's what they do because they don't want to help the kids at the border they, they you know how many votes they got on that four four they tried to stop it they tried to block the bill and it was those four <laughs> the squad. Now, on the Bongino.com uh, piece, which is fascinating, there there was a poll taken, and it leaked. Believe me, the Democrats did not want someone. Joe, who do you think leaked this, by the way? Hmm. Now, let me let me just give you a little background. So right. it, here's the uh, the, 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 the top-line takeaway. The poll was devastating. AOC and Ilhan Omar have some pretty substantial name ID in the party. So that's a good thing. Yeah. In other words, people know who they are. Right. The worst thing in politics is nobody knowing who you are, right? Right. Even worse, Ilhan Omar's favorability, Joe, mm-hmm. was 9%. 9? Nine? Not 9-0. Nine, right. 9. 9%. AOC's was in the can, too. I don't remember, but it was far, far. But it was. I think it was something in the 30s. It's in the piece. Their favorability was awful. Now, those numbers wouldn't be bad if nobody knew who they were. But people know who they are and they don't like them. Right. So you got four votes, just you four in the squad, four out of 435 members of Congress on your effort to stop border aid. You got four, all four of you talking to each other. You got zero, the same amount I got on the Dan Bongino bill on your Green New Deal. Your favorability is at 9%. You have no allies in Congress on the Hill at all. Only in the media, nobody listens to anymore. Been completely disregarded by sane members of the American public. And her first comment, press Pressley, she goes, the squad is large. We have power. <laughs> uh, no, you really don't. Thank you. Not to mention, blue-collar workers are turning on these uh, proponents of these ridiculous programs, like the four members of the squad. Here's another interesting piece that's in the show notes today. I encourage you to read. American miners, God bless you. Work for a living in one of the most difficult jobs out there. American miners are now turning on the Green New Deal. Head of the miners union in the Hill calls Green New Deal's main goal, quote, almost impossible. You have nothing. You have a nice Twitter following. That is it. You'll sell a book, you'll get a Netflix documentary. You have done nothing to actually implement the change you think you're implementing. This is all bluster, folks. It's all bluster. I tell you this not to insult them, but to tell you that our efforts to highlight their ideological inadequacies and their ignorance about economic policy are working. Some of you questioned me, which is fine. I leave my email for the show because I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, Paula, how many emails do we get? Stop talking about AOC. You're giving her the you you know you're giving her a megaphone she doesn't need. We got these emails all the time. No, mm-hmm. folks. What they want to do is creep under the radar and be ignored and then boom. This is how people like the socialist government in Venezuela take over. Mm-hmm. Class warfare rhetoric rhetoric boom. Next thing you know, we get a Maduro or a Chavez elected and we're looking at the implementation of socialist policies. They're they're openly running on this stuff. The way you challenge it and break them down is by calling them out and driving down their political capital, which me and many others, I'm not taking credit for this at all. I wouldn't dare be that pretentious. Me and many others, Rush, Mark Levin, Hannity, have managed to drive their approval into the ground because now people know who they are. Of course, moments like this, don't help either. This is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Congresswoman leaving the hearing yesterday, being asked by uh, the Rebel TV, this is their video, mm-hmm. uh hat tip to them, uh, asking her if she's willing to condemn the Antifa terrorist attack this weekend in, in Tacoma, Washington. Watch her answer, or lack thereof.
1: Will you condemn Antifa for the attack in Washington? Maybe, maybe. It's easy to condemn a terrorist attack. Will you be condemning Antifa? They firebombed an American facility. Will you condemn them? Excuse us, we have to get to the Will you be condemning them? Do you feel like you have some responsibility in the attack,
0: with your rhetoric about concentration camps?
1: Are you responsible? Do you feel ashamed?
0: How hard is that? Now, listen, because we actually do facts here, unlike the left, um, AOC, Ilhan Omar, and others who lie so effortlessly and fluidly all the time about the president and conservatives, like Vegas Tuland or whatever his name was, Il, uh, AOC did issue a statement later to the Daily Caller saying, yes, she basically condemns Antifa. Good, good for her. I have no reason to hide that. Um, but Joe, how hard was that in that question to answer that? You had an Antifa member mm-hmm. engaged in a terror attack who tried to blow up an ICE facility in Tacoma, Washington, who was killed by the police officers in the process of the attack. An Antifa member, by the way, who in his manifesto, as you'll see in this Daily Caller piece I'll, I'll put up in a minute, an Antifa member who incorporated in his manifesto AOC's concentration camp language, when AOC referred to detention facilities as concentration camps. Yeah. Hmm. Now, Joe, by the left's own logic, right, Yeah, that conservatives incite violence by talking about liberty and freedom. Okay, whatever. This guy, this terrorist, actually incorporated AOC's language into his manifesto. So by the left's own rules, is she responsible? Now, because we're principled here and we're not lunatics like the left, of course she's not. As I said before about the the Virginia shooter shot up Steve Scalise and the ball field. Idiots are responsible for their own idiot criminal actions, okay? End of story. But those are our rules because we're principled. But that's not the left's rules. The left's rules are if you were a Tea Party member seven years ago and you go out and kill someone, the Tea Party's responsible. So how is AOC by the left's rules not mine? How is AOC not responsible for this then? The answer is they don't have rules. They They just made it up. To attack conservatives only. So I believe she was forced to issue that statement. But, Joe, how hard is it when a microphone's in your face? Do you condemn Antifa and the terror attack? Yes. yes. Is that hard? No. Yes. Yes. It's, thank you. Joe just did it. There you go. Lickety split. Two seconds. Bingo. It's not hard. My gosh. No conservative had any issue at all with that. maniac in Charlottesville that ran that lady down. you condemn it unequivocally? Yes. In the strongest possible terms. As Trump said, condemn completely. Of course, that's always left out because the left are liars. We're not. I'm not going to misframe. I'm just telling you she couldn't answer the questionnaire for some bizarre reason. Now it's not just her. Ilhan Omar, another member of the squad, is asked the same question by rebel tv and here's her answer or lack thereof will you condemn the antifa attack in washington over the weekend
1: it's easy to condemn terrorism will you condemn it? Is it antifa firebombed a facility in tacoma over the weekend it's an ice facility will you condemn them for that i mean can firebombing a concentration camp is kind of a laudable thing if it actually is a concentration camp you must be happy that they did it, no? Are you pleased? Should more people do it? It's easy to say no. Here,
0: here. here I think this is it. It's really easy to say no.
1: Uh,
0: how hard is this? How hard is this? She was asked at the presser. I got video of the presser. I'm not done with that, so stay tuned. I just want to get to that last But she was even asked at the presser yesterday, well, if you condemn Al-Qaeda, she couldn't even do that. How hard is this? How hard is this? Um, Joe, Mm -hmm. that we have to engage in this silly, ridiculous exercise. I'm going to do it just for the sake of showing liberal lunatics how easy this is. Mm -hmm. White supremacy, bad. Racism, bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Transphobia, xenophobia, misogyny, papaphobia cataphobia, phobophobia, phobophobia, bad. All bad. Mm-hmm. Very bad. Mm-hmm. Bad. Yes. Caveman Joe gets mm-hmm. it. Bad. Mm-hmm. B-A-D. It's mm-hmm. all bad. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Al-Qaeda, very bad. Mm-hmm. Antifa terrorists, very bad. Oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Stand by. Because this is difficult. I gotta do diagrams here. Okay, look. Because some and I need a Sharpie to do this. Look. Bad. Bad. Ooh, this is not good. How dude. hard is this? Ooh. This is not complicated. I can't do it with a pen because you can't see. <laughs> but this is them. hey wait, let me do this again, Joe. Hold on. This is a is Antifa bad. Come on, cricket guy. Is it, this is not hard. <laughs> Joe, seriously, is this hard? If a guy no, came no. up to you on the street, Come you're on. getting a little bit of a public profile now. People know who you are. Yeah, yeah. If a dude came up to you on the street, a liberal lunatic, and plunged the mic in your face, and said, Joe, yeah. is white supremacy bad? Would you be like, oh, hold on, hold on, I got to think about this. Give me a second. D- bad. 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 Dab. Upset. Bad. It's bad. It is bad. It is. What is hard here? This is the left with these people. These are we're supposed to take the squad seriously. Can you condemn Antifa? Hold on. Let me think about this. Let's (laughs) just keep walking and pretend I didn't get this question. (laughs) They just attacked the facility with bombs and rifles. Bad. Bad. It is bad. This is not hard. Oh. Asked to condemn Al-Qaeda at the press conference. Ilhan Omar, she does this, like, th- this convoluted answer. The- Al-Qaeda, bad. They kill people. It's bad. No one's accusing you of being responsible for anything. Al-Qaeda's bad. It doesn't matter if you're Muslim, Jewish, Christian, Hindu. It doesn't matter. They kill people. It's bad. This is not hard. It's bad. Oh. Where's Cricket Guy? There you go. That's their answer. Holy crikeys! I don't know. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. All right. I got to even get the video. All right. Uh, dude, don't go anywhere. I got this. Our final sponsor of the day. This is this show. <laughs> I got to tell you, bro, even though I didn't I sleep that late last night, yeah. I got to sleep late. I'm really thoroughly enjoying today's show because I can't believe the stupidity we're doing. Do you condemn Al-Qaeda? Hold on, let me think about this one. Let me go to the focus group. Uh, Folks, if six out of 10 of you say Al-Qaeda's bad, I'll say Al-Qaeda's bad. Raise your hand if you think Al-Qaeda's bad. All 10 raise their hand. I'm still not sure. Bad. It's bad. You having problems sleeping? omax has the solution we love omax the best products out there omaxhealth.com o-m-a-x listen when you don't sleep well your entire day suffers you know that your patience is shot you're moody irritable everyone around you is affected you know one out of three adults suffer from insomnia and sleep deprivation ladies and gentlemen the product i'm about to tell you about works it's not in the i'm telling you i've tried it If you're having problems with sleep, this is the product for you. With the accelerating demands of work, family, the stressful life in general, it's no wonder 60 million Americans feel sluggish and unproductive because of lack of sleep. Here's the solution for you. If melatonin, over-the-counter sleep aids aren't doing the trick, you need to try Omax Sleep and Stress Remedy with CBD. This breakthrough triple action CBD oil formula helps relax your mind naturally. It is the most calming thing. Here's the trick. I'm gonna go off script here, man, because it matters. This Omax Health product with CBD, I take it, and then I say, Paula, can you give me scratchies, where she scratches my head, and that's it. I am out, Lily White's party, sleeping forever, like comatose sleeping, like Sigourney Weaver, alien style. Remember that? When they wake her up 50 years later. That's how good this stuff is. And you wake up like, nice, ready to rock and roll. This triple action CBD oil formula helps relax your mind naturally. You'll get the best night's sleep ever. Many of you probably don't remember what it feels like to have a good night's sleep. I do because of this. product. it's that good. Trust me, the CBD blend is incredible. You'll feel the difference the very first time. OMAX is offering our listeners now 20% off their first box of OMAX sleep and stress remedy with CBD plus free shipping. And if you don't experience your best night's sleep in just three nights, return it for a full refund. You won't return it. You will love this. Get a good night's sleep. I'm that confident in the product. Go to OMAXhealth.com today and enter code Bongino to take advantage of this incredible savings. That's OMAXhealth.com to get 20% off your first box. Enter promo code Bongino gino omaxhealth.com omaxhealth.com and her promo code bongino for 20 percent off ladies and gentlemen i'm telling you stuff is no joke man get your wife husband significant other whatever to do the little head scratchy thing after this omaxhealth.com <laughs> you will be out out snoring mummified awesome and you'll wake up feeling chipper okay Getting back to the, uh, uh, the presser yesterday, which was, again, a total disaster. So here is Ilhan Omar at the presser. Who she thinks she's convincing with this little uh, uh, mini monologue she goes on here is outrageous. No. She spouts off a series of three lies so effortlessly. You wonder, like, does she know she's lying? Does she just not know the facts? Or is she just doing this, what she does, trying to impugn the integrity of people who This is a little spicy. I, I want to warn you there. Oh, but, yeah. You know what? That's a good point. Um, I'm folks, sorry to break in, pal. Thank you, Joe. No, 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 no. That is your, your. That's why you're the best producer in the business. The language in this, it's a family-friendly show, ladies and gentlemen, is a little salty. So we'll give you a three countdown. If you have kids listening, you may want to turn this down. This is Ilhan Omar. We'll do a three, two, one. This is a president who's called black, black athletes sons of bitches. This is a president who has called black People who come from black and brown countries, shitholes. This is a president who has equated neo-Nazis with those who protest against them. Okay, all lies, mm-hmm. all, all made up. He did not, and, and again, thank you, Joe, for that. Mm. I hope that was it. But for those of you who tuned down because you had kids in the car, or whatever, that's fine. Just know this. It was Ilhan Omar reciting a list of horribles that allegedly President Trump said, I say allegedly because he didn't say any of it, when he called athletes who kneel in disrespect of our national anthem, let's say SOBs, you know what that means. He was not calling black athletes SOBs. He was calling athletes who kneel in disrespect of our national anthem. By the way, which many Americans agree with his position, SOBs. You don't like the salty language by the president? Fine. But Ilhan Omar suggesting that he was targeting people because they were black and not because they were kneeling is a lie. But that's what Ilhan Omar does. She just made it up. She ends off, of course, with the Charlottesville slur that somehow the president was equating neo-Nazis with Antifa protesters at the Charlottesville rally. He was not. He was crystal clear in his statement, as we've discussed on the show a thousand times, when he addressed the murder at Charlottesville, that he, quote, completely condemned the neo-Nazi crowd that showed up. And the guy, of course, that killed the woman, um, I believe her name is Heather Heyer. I, folks, you just look it up yourself. You don't have to take my word. I Libs, I get it. I I know you love misinformation and you enjoy being misinformed. But whereas we treated AOC fairly by disclosing that she made a statement to the Daily Caller later condemning Antifa, because she did, do I think it was genuine? No, I don't. I'm cuz she couldn't say it. I mean, if she was genuine, she just would have come out and said it. I think she found herself in a political box, given that her own statements were used in this manifesto, as we see in this Daily Caller piece. I think she found herself in a box. The Daily Caller piece, by the way, will be up at the show notes today. Antifa member uh, who attacked ICE Center echoed AOC's concentration camp language in his final manifesto by Peter San. It'll be in the show notes. I think she found herself in a political box. But honestly, folks, I, 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 that's a prediction. I'm, 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 I'm speculating based on AOC's past behavior. I can't get in her head. But I'm giving you both sides of it and allowing you to make the decision yourself if you think AOC was genuine. The left will never do that with Trump. This is a sitting member of Congress, Ilhan Omar, who is openly and blatantly lying about what the president said about the Charlottesville murder. Openly. He did not say that. You can read it yourself. I completely condemn the white supremacists. What part of that did you miss? The answer is she didn't miss any of it. She's just a liar. She's just a liar. It's as simple as that. She has built her career of, of accusing other people who oppose her radical far left vision of the United States. She has built a career of accusing them of racism. Circling right back to where we started. Why? Because it works. And the media will not call her out. How is it that someone at that presser yesterday did not say, Representative Omar, that is not in fact what the president said. He, w- You're just making it up. Joe, I assure you, on mm-hmm. this show, if we would have shown that AOC piece by Rebel TV without mm-hmm. the context of her later comments to the Daily Caller, Some lunatic at Media Matters, or else, be they left out the context, the Bongino show. Yeah, they will do none of that with the president of the United States because they're not interested. They are not doing journalism; it's activism full time. Okay, (sighs) unbelievably, Obamacare returns. Oh. This is like um, yes, yes, it's back, <laughs> it's back. Now I know yeah. <laughs> Joe is always privy to see the clips before the show, of course, as a general idea. Joe never knew where I was going on the audio-only show in the past, yeah. because I, you know, one, once in a blue moon I'd send over clips. So now that we know more, Joe kind of sees me. So remember Jaws three? Like Jaws one was a classic. <laughs> Jaws two was all right. By the time Jaws 3 3D came around and Jaws 4, like the revenge, it was really ridiculous, right? So Obamacare 1 was pretty awful. Obamacare 2, after the Supreme Court upheld it, was even worse. Obamacare 3.0 is the equivalent of Jaws 3D, which was the worst. Well, no, Jaws 4 was the worst. Jaws 3D was bad. I waited online to see that, too, when movie theaters only had one movie in a movie theater. I waited online with my dad, and we were like, what just happened? Remember the old 3D? It was the worst thing ever. There's that one scene where they shoot the harpoon, and it's like, this show is not 3D, so you won't see my finger coming at you like that. It was so bad. Now, you would think after seeing Jaws 3 3D that you wouldn't make a Jaws for. Now, Joe Biden, after seeing Obamacare 1 and 2.0, you would think he would run from very specific statements attached to Obamacare, which have now been entirely discredited, debunked and used as basically talking points by conservatives to bash the failed Obamacare. What do I mean? <laughs> this is clueless hapless sloppy joe up on the stage talking about his health care plan and in the most tone-deaf statement ever he says this how many of you have when you were working liked your and you may still be working many of you how many of you like your employer-based health care did you think it was adequate now if i come along and say finish you can't have it anymore well, that's what Medicare for all does. You cannot have it, period. Number one. There's a hiatus spot in between, by the way, how long is it's going to take. So I'd leave people the option. If you like your health care plan, not your employer based plan, you can keep it. If, in fact, you have private insurance, you can keep it. Again? <laughs> oh, dude. I'm like, look at me. This is, my, this is not, a, I did not, I promise you, it's not like me sniffing onion. No. Paula used to work at the US Open and she used to cut onions in the tennis tournament. We used to work and he used to make her cry. There are no onions on the table here. I promise. The desk is polluted with stuff. I mean, here we go. Red flag. Wait, wait, wait. Where's our, where's our, our Jose Wiss? There's the got cricket guy going. <whistles> Holding five yards, Joe Biden. That's actually a 15 yarder. Uh, first down Uh, what the probably the worst political health care line in human history used by a politician if you like your plan you can keep it aired by obama debunked even by the activists at the washington post and PolitiFact, who had it like the lie of the year at one point. Yeah. And Joe Biden, the most tone deaf politician in the history of the United States, who told him this was a good idea? I mean, this is <laughs> this is like the Dewey wins headline. Like putting uh? it up again the next day. You know what I'm saying? Like Dewey's not high. He, <laughs> yeah. look, Dewey wins. Look at you. You didn't win, Dewey. You don't. Put it up again. You don't go back to the, if you like your plan, you can keep it. Because you couldn't. Read it was my a lips. lie. <laughs> oh, If you yeah. like your plan, you can keep your plan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That was you. Yes. Yeah. That is like George H.W. Yeah. George W. using his dad's line. Read my uh, lips. Oh. No new time. Ta- and then it's the 30, again, doing it again. People in the crowd, because the Republicans are generally savvier than some of these liberal lunatics. If you said that, if George W. 43 repeated oh. the dreaded read my lips line, people would have been like chewing their fingernails. <laughs> See, my elbows are so bad I can't even reach my mouth. <laughs> you don't say it. That's a perfect example. You don't say it. You just don't, but this guy is so tone-deaf, sloppy Joe. He goes up there and says, if you like your plan, Mike, you keep it. I P- I can't believe that. Oh. Now. Wow. All right. And I've been there's a lot of ranting going on. <laughs> Let me just explain to you quickly for your new listeners why this is such an epic disaster for him. Folks, there's still confusion over what Obamacare is and why you couldn't keep your plan if you liked it. It is bedrocked in two principles you must understand to understand why Obamacare is a disaster. It is as big of a disaster as Medicare for all and government-run healthcare, Because over time, Obamacare won't work because it can't because of these two things. Number one, community rating. Obamacare instituted a pricing, a forced pricing model the ratio of health care costs for older, pro- I'll explain it, don't worry, in a second. Just okay. roll with me. The ratio was instituted roughly three to one, meaning Obamacare said you cannot charge older, sicker people more than three times what you can charge younger folks. Ladies and gentlemen, older, sicker people cost about five times. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. If a product costs $100 and the government says you can only charge $50, somebody loses money. So the insurance companies who were paying five times the cost, not three times, what did they do? They upped the price on Mm -hmm. everybody else, Mm -hmm. including you and the younger folks out there. The money had to come from somewhere. There were bills to be paid. That's what community rating is, a price control system. Are you tracking me? It had a three to one ratio, not based on what the costs were, just based on what the Obama people said they'd be. If a Corvette costs five times as much as a Chevy Volt and the government comes in and says you can only charge three times, they lose money on Corvettes. How does Chevy make the money back? They charge more people for the vault. They charge them higher premiums on the vault or costs. It's as simple as that. That's why your healthcare costs went up. It is no more complicated than that. When those costs went up, some of these insurance companies couldn't offer those plans anymore because people didn't want to pay them. So if you liked your plan, you couldn't keep it. That's a myth. Problem number two with those. So community ratings, number one. Number two, they instituted this thing called guaranteed issue, where you had to offer insurance with some restrictions, but basically at any time. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, as the costs went up for the Chevy Vault of insurance plans, because every the Chevy Vault had to eat the cost for the Corvette now, as the costs went up for all of us. People started to drop out of insurance plans because they didn't want to pay them. My premiums went through the roof. So what happened, Joe? With guaranteed issue, people got savvy. They said, "Right." "Hmm. so let me get this straight. Poor Joe has heard this a thousand times. You have to issue me due to Obamacare. And the insurance company says, you have to issue me an insurance plan at almost any time? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh, that's right. So you're telling me if I get in a motorcycle accident tomorrow and I don't have insurance, I can basically call from the hospital and get insurance? It's a little bit of a dramatic example. But it's roughly the contours of what happened. People waited till they got sick and then called the insurance company and said, no, you have to offer me insurance. That's not insurance. That's a welfare program. That's not insurance. Insurance is when you insure against a future problem, not a current condition. That is not insurance. You get it? You <laughs> yeah. can't not have car insurance, get in an accident, and then call Geico and go, I need insurance. That's not the way it works. So what happened? Sick people jumped in at the last minute when they got sick took all the health care money. They hadn't been paying premiums at all from the health insurance companies who then had to do what, Joe? Pass those costs off even mm-hmm. more to other customers. That's why your premiums are through the roof. Obamacare was a disaster. It can't work because it won't work. And no, you will not be able to keep your plan if Joe Biden doubles down on Obamacare where you couldn't keep your plan in the first place. Joe, that was your finest moment, by the way. Read my lips. Thank you, I, sir. I, I really. Your <laughs> finest hour. You've had a lot of finest, but that was your finest hour. I on the serious, you've had some yeah. good comedy moments, some good skit moments. But on your material, I could not think of a better example than Read. It would be this is like, again, coming out there and repeating the Read My Lips thing, thinking you're going to get a different response. Yep. Ugh. So am- now, uh, all right. Final. I just want to get this quick. Showing you again how little AOC knows uh, about anything on the healthcare whole uh, storyline here. AOC tweeted this yesterday, absurd, ridiculous, showing again how little she knows about anything. She tweeted about how we're rationing healthcare in the United States by price. Check this out. It's just absurd. AOC doesn't know anything. So basically what she's suggesting here, here's the tweet uh, verbatim. She says, GOP often cries at guaranteeing healthcare in the US will force us to ration it thing is we're rationing care now people wait too long to see a doctor if they go at all because they can't afford paying cash or because their insurance is too pricey it's time for medicare for all ladies and gentlemen the reason people are waiting for doctors now is precisely because of the government involvement we don't have a price system the government intervenes and pays for about 40 to 45 percent of health care in the United States now when the government pays for it the third party payer effect which I can't talk about enough on this show kicks in when the government pays for something not the patient the patient knows he's not paying or she and doesn't care about the price the doctor or hospital knows the patient's not paying and doesn't care about the price either because they'll take what they can get because they're not getting it from the patient this is not hard the third-party payer effect is real the reason we have an out-of-control pricing and by the way she's completely wrong about the way i'll get to this daily signal story in a second we'll wrap up the show on that okay But ladies and gentlemen, the third-party payer effect will always interrupt costs. Costs will be out of control and quality will be terrible. You're not paying. Now, some people have emailed me and they're confused. They said, well, Dan, isn't health insurance a third-party payer? The health insurance company is paying for your health care. No, they are not. It is not a third-party payer model there. It is, but not to the degree government is. Mm. When you are paying for health insurance, you are paying for a service. In other words, think about it in the car analogy. When you go in and you say you, uh, you know, you you crack a headlight in your car, you go in and you pay for the headlight to be replaced. When you pay for car insurance, you are paying for a service. You are paying for peace of mind to hedge against the risk of being bankrupted by a major accident. You are not paying for car repairs. Do we? Joe, please tell me this makes sense. Yeah, we're cool. We're cool. Yeah. Joe's car insurance for collision is not car repairs. He's paying for a service. Right. God forbid Joe's in an accident. Joe does not want to be bankrupted by having to replace the whole front end of his car. Right. So he's paying for a service that will come in and cover the costs. He is not paying for car repairs. When you pay for health insurance, you are not paying for health care. When you go into CVS and buy Airborne or some product because you have a cold, Mm -hmm. when you buy aspirin, Advil, you're paying for your health care. When you pay for real, true health care outside of the government's intervention, which we don't have now, you are paying for insurance against being bankrupted by a catastrophic medical condition. We don't have that. We don't have that because the government mandates that insurance companies pay for health care, not insurance. I know that's convoluted, Mm. but it is the government's intervention in the insurance market that have instituted third party payer effects that have infiltrated the insurance market in the United States. That's why it doesn't work because of the government, because health insurance companies can't act as health insurance. They have to cover eyeglasses, doctor visits, colds, sniffles. Your health insurance should be covering life changing conditions. Everything else should be out of pocket and prices would come down like they do in the collision business. But the government has mandated insurance companies act as third-party payers. So you're right and you're wrong. Yes, insurance companies, the third-party payer effect is real, but it's because the government mandates it. They are the problem. And by the way, AOC's comment as you'll see in this Daily Signal piece, which is up in the show notes, and this is a good one, about rationing in the United States, is again guided by her ignorance of the economics of the situation. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, the Daily Signal, 63,000 Canadians a year, but an article by Kevin Pham, it's titled, American Healthcare Treats Canadians Who Cannot Wait. 63,000 Canadians a year flee Canada, where they have, quote, free healthcare, government healthcare. 63,000 thousand that we know about to come have surgery in the United States why because 40% of them less than 40% of them receive surgical uh, and specialist care after four weeks less than 40% get to see a specialist after four weeks what's the number in the United States even with our broken system 70% after four weeks see a specialist so AOC's wrong again She doesn't have the data. 30 percentage points more people get to see a specialist after four weeks here, even in our busted system, than they do in a single-payer system in Canada. She just doesn't know the numbers, ever. She just makes it up. All right, folks, that was a stacked show yesterday. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for watching The Five. I'll keep you updated on any upcoming Fox appearances. Please uh, subscribe to our YouTube show, youtube.com slash Bongino. We appreciate that. It's free, of course. Uh, also subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and elsewhere. The subscriptions help us move up the charts. It means a lot to us. We really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.